Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. That's the fact, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. I love the tiny people. I'm strong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Ah! And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. So, um, did anybody dig up uh, the part of the show where I may have accidentally said the f word? We got, got a number it. of te- we've got a, had a number of texts about that. Can can we can we? And my f word's different than your f word. I'll say the regular f word all the time, but I will not say the f word that is the coarse term for flatulence. I will not say that word, um, but I think I may have accidentally here. Yeah, you can change your own darn fart to oh, <laughs> pardon yeah. own darn fault. Yeah, clearly a yeah. bomb on the air. Disgusting. Yeah, you can change your own darn fart to oh, <laughs> pardon me. own darn fault. Well, I sound I sound like a guy who can't talk at all. You sound like Joe Biden. Fart. You sound like Joe Biden. The reason I brought that up actually is we got fart. somebody who texts <laughs> fart. What fart? Fart. Fart. That's I do not childish. say that word. I do not approve of that word. It's idiotic. Stop playing it, Michael. A stum- a stumbling over your words is different than saying it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, that is true. I hate to admit it, since I'm kind of enjoying this, <laughs> but it's true. Yes. Well, Joe Getty going with intent matters. Thank you. I appreciate that, because intent does matter. So I got two health stories from the New York Times. One of them was... Women and their, it's uh, why do women sprout chin hairs as they age? And what's the best way to remove them? I just brought that up briefly earlier. And we got a lot of texts about that. We got this text. Please don't skip over the no chin for her story. <laughs> My 30-year-old wife currently has a chia pet type of situation. I need the answers. Oh, Lord. I'm so sorry. There's not much to it. It's just got to do with a menopause comes on, changes your hormone situation, you start growing hair on your chin, and you either, you either shave it or you look like James Harden. Those are your, those are your options. Oh, pretty boy, much. that's not a great look for the gals. Of course, you know, I have my own preferences. Everybody has their type. <laughs> Maybe a thick beard is your type. No, it's, you know, it's uh, dudes deal with the same thing. Why are, why are your ears so hairy? You know, why are you sprouting whiskers out of your ears all of a sudden when you turn 50 or whatever? I it's part of being human. The whole aging thing, I'm over it. I'm not impressed. No, no freaking kidding. I kept saying that in the hospital. Um, why do we all get so hairier as we get older, though? Some change in hormones. I mean, I know, I, I know chemically or technically or biologically, whatever the right word would be, I know why that's happening. But evolutionarily speaking, why are we getting hairier as we get older? Well, things just start to break. They start to run badly. Um, nature wants you out of the way. Get out of the way, oldster. Let the young people cavort and breed. So we want us all less attractive to each other so that the young people will breed. So no, the guy with the hairy <laughs> So the guy with the hairy ears and the hairy back won't mate with or try to mate with the woman with the beard. Right. Well, no, not right. That's idiotic. It's it's not evolutionarily intentional. I think it's just a, an offshoot. It's things starting to go bad. Gotcha. The other story of more import is the how exercise affects metabolism and weight gain around the biggest loser study that they did a couple of years back. So remember, a big breakthrough in knowledge about weight loss came out of the TV show The Biggest Loser. 
Yeah, when depressing s- knowledge about weight loss, as I recall. Yeah, it was, but it, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but I'd like to know the truth. Uh, and the truth that they learned from The Biggest Loser was all those people, that was a hit TV show for years on NBC, and lots of people lost triple-digit weight, and pretty much every single person gained all of it back. So what the heck, they figured out. Well, and um, more in, in many cases. The thing is, and we've talked about this for years now, whether you, maybe you're not hip to it, and then I'll move on to the latest knowledge, is if you your body gets used to a certain weight, your brain decides that's the weight you're supposed to be. Unfortunately, it's usually a weight heavier than we'd like. And then if you lose weight, if you get below that number, your body goes into crisis mode and does everything it can do biologically to try to get you back to that old weight. So if I'm 200 pounds and I get down to 185, uh, my my metabolism slows to like zero. So even if I just eat lettuce and peas and corn, uh, it's going to hoard every calorie and burn off none to try to get me back up to 200 pounds, my stupid body. Well, they found out that the same thing happens around exercise. If you exercise, your body says, uh-oh, we're burning calories exercising. No more, no more burning calories. We'll exercise without burning calories. And your body goes into crisis mode around that too. And a lot of it, and there's, there's a tiny advantage, but not near as much as you would think to losing weight from the exercise. Spotify released their, are they the biggest or not? iHeart the biggest? Uh, they're, they're, they're the in, in your big few. I know Spotify is big, but anyway, they released their list of the top streaming content for 2021. Bad Bunny is the most streamed artist globally in the whole world. Drake is the most streamed artist in the United States. And this song was the most streamed song in the world and the United States this past year. And I- this so that's what this is this is driver's license by olivia rodrigo never heard in my life i don't think i've but heard i wouldn't like yeah. being in a store or something oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah so i'm i'm familiar with the uh the the bad bunny what did the bunny do exactly bad bunny and who are we to sit in judgment of the bunny <laughs> Driver's license, the lyrics are just like, and now I get to park where I want because I've got a driver's before I had it. I couldn't get into a movie. You know, mm. really good stuff. Compelling. Um, Yeah. And I'd be interested, what would be interesting to me is how much money like Drake made off of being the most streamed artist in the United States. Not much. Not much. I mean, you know, if you have millions and millions and millions of streams, you get walking around money. And that's it, walking around. I mean, money. compared to records, oh, it's a teeny fraction. You wouldn't get buying a house money or even buying a car money, from nope. what I read. Nope. Not even buying a car money from being the most streamed artist in the world. Well, if you're the biggest on earth, you might make a significant amount. But for the rest of the musical world, that's... I just go off that David Crosby thing where he said he mentioned one of their Crosby, Stills, and Nash songs that streamed a million times in a month, and he made like a dollar eighty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Part of that's because he didn't write it, I think. Okay, nobody look this up. Because I did this okay. in bed last night with Henry when I was reading to him. Came Got out it. on the topic. Love this. Can some you, sort of quiz? Yes. Okay. Can you do, you don't have to sing it, but can you just say them backwards the 12 days of Christmas off the top of your head? Don't mm. look it up. It'd take forever. Can you do it, Michael? Do you know the first one? It wouldn't take forever. No, no, I couldn't do it. it takes like no, 30 for seconds. for me. For me to do it. Can you do 12? 
Alex, can you do number 12? 12 bullfrogs jumping. 12 lords a-leaping? No, drummers 11 drumming. jackasses jacking. I knew. Oh. <laughs> wow. wow. That's the version I learned. In Chicago. That's the Chicago way. Ted Lord, Ten lords a-lording. Lords a-leaping is the weirdest one. Nine ladies twerking. <laughs> Eight maids a-milking. That's on the next page. <laughs> After the twerking? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I get I get lost around the 12, 11, 10 because I lose interest by then. Yeah. The song's too long. Why aren't there like eight days of Christmas? That's enough. Piper's piping. I totally well, forgot the piper. There's a mathematical reason that you get lost. Is there? Obviously. You only do the 12 once. All oh. the other one, the, the one, number one, you do 12 times. Number two, you do 11 times. So, I mean, yeah, there's a mathematical reason you would remember the ones in the bottom half a lot better than the ones in the top half. Mm, you have to do it point. every single time. The damn partridge. Please hammer golden rings, and then you're really rolling after that. All right, sure, please. Child's play. Not exactly. Don't even don't even waste my time with asking me about that. But where the pipe pied pipers go and the lords are leaping and the ladies dancing, I couldn't tell you the order of that off the top of my head. That's very, very if you vague. got it wrong, I don't think anybody would care. Well, if you're thinking, you know what I'd really love is a dozen lords are leaping and about 11 pipers. And you get 12 pipers and 11 leaping lords, you're fine. You've Please. ruined Christmas. No, you haven't. That's my point. <laughs> I don't know how can any, anyone can afford that with the supply chain right now. Exactly. You, inflation. You, you, Good you, luck getting golden rings. Uh, right. The drummer drumming, drummer's drumming, they're in a container ship off Long Beach. <laughs> you're not going to get them anytime soon. Poke some holes in that we- <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Talk 650 KSTE. Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my sexy pants on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. China says the 2022 Winter Olympics will proceed as planned. The country's foreign ministry says the Omicron variant could pose some challenges, but officials expect the games to run as scheduled. Beijing is set to host the Winter Olympics in early February without foreign spectators and with other coronavirus prevention measures. And with a million slaves nearby. That's right, just in case they're needed. Uh, had uh, Michael play that clip for a number of reasons. Number one, it was just interesting in itself. Plus, uh, a couple of China-related stories breaking. Uh, the first ever, apparently top-secret, remarks by a Chinese head of state have been leaked. And it has to do with the atrocities in Xinjiang, or however you pronounce that region, um, and it deals with uh, the internment camps, forced labor, birth control, forced abortions, uh, reducing the Uyghur population, uh, policing big data, the, the so-called boarding schools, all sorts of stuff. Now, the New York Times got part of this a number of weeks ago, but didn't go very deep into it. And and so people now, I'm going to be charitable, are digging a little more deeply into it and, and coming up with... Uh, all sorts of, of stuff. The the inner workings of a totalitarian, brutal government. And they're planning in the stuff Xi Jinping says about it. I was really listening to uh, the China Unscripted podcast, which I've mentioned many times. They're talking the other day about the one-child policy and their demographic problems in China and everything like that. And this, um, interestingly enough, with the Supreme Court hearing oral arguments on abortion today, uh, this doctor that had defected from China, she believes she performed 60,000 abortions 
Yikes. during the one-child policy. and But she was under the belief that, because this is what she'd been taught her whole life, that the reason the famine happened back in the 60s and millions and millions and millions of people starved was people had too many kids. So she was doing the right thing for the Chinese people performing all these abortions because greedy people had too many kids and there wasn't enough food to go around. So obscuring the fact that it was horrifying uh, central government policy that caused the famine and killed everybody had nothing to do with people having too many kids. Right, um, it was and, Mao Zedong and his yeah. uh, awful, awful uh, agrarian policy. And also this that I did not know. There's a belief that there are millions and millions and millions of unaccounted for younger people of various ages that were, have been hidden by families over the years because of the one-child policy. And you're basically like an illegal immigrant in China. You're hmm. just, you know, the daughter of this family. They just were able to hide you, and especially in the rural areas, which are where there's not as much, uh, you know, ability to keep an eye on this. There are millions and millions of uh, 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 kids out there, and some of them are grown up now because the one-child policy went on for many, many years. Uh, that at some point they think China's just going to all of a sudden decide, hey, we found a, hey, we found ten million kids, we found ten million people, because they got these demographic problems. Yeah, oh yeah, they're incredibly top-heavy in terms of old folks, and they'll bring these people, you know, into society, into the workplace, and everything like that, because they've been in hiding all these years. Huh. And um, also, there was a, a a lot of allowing people to have a kid. And then snatching the kid from the family so they'd only have the one still, and then taking him to orphanages because there was a huge um, trend for a while of people adopting Chinese children from Western societies, the United States, did a lot, uh-huh. thinking you know I'm I'm doing the right thing and helping out this little kid, and you are. Um, but uh, so they there was a lot of money in it. So they yeah, you can have another kid, and then we're going to take the kid and we're going to take it to this orphanage where we're going to profit off of uh, all these other countries that want to come adopt children so they were running a child farm yep absolutely a child mill yeah and that's something good lord and they want to take over the earth folks they Yikes. do they do want yeah. to take over the earth the other china related thing i just want to bring up briefly i thought it was interesting a few days ago the um the new york times ran a piece entitled do sports still need china written by andrew k k e h k Andrew, uh, I don't know his act, but I thought it was interesting. Global outrage, broken contracts, and shifting politics could change the calculus for leagues and teams that once raced to do business in China. And they mentioned the Chinese tennis star disappearing and that sort of thing. They go into the, the fact that the NBA is just absolutely in bed with Xi Jinping, but how long might that last? And as as uh, Xi gets more and more openly communist and totalitarian, whether some of the current relationships can even last or if it'll just get too abhorrent. Um, and, you know, they say, uh, he says, some partners have acquiesced at times to China's, uh, China's various demands. A few have issued humbling apologies. The IOC, International Olympic Committee, and perhaps the most notable example, has seemed to go out of its way to avoid angering China, even as uh, Pang, that the tennis star, a three-time Olympian, went missing. So his thought is, oh, in, in the, 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 what's that? What do you call the open uh, cockpit racing, the Grand Prix mm-hmm. racing, the Indy style? Formula car One. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, they're huge in bed with China too. And, uh, just, uh, the, the, they're, it's mostly speculating and wondering how long these relationships can endure. I thought that was interesting that the liberal New York Times was, uh, 
weighing in on that topic. Well, here's something I didn't know until I listened to some Chinese experts. So this tennis star that disappeared, she's in the orbit of one of the rivals to Xi. One of the oh. there, there are factions in the Communist Party, just like there are factions in anything. But this guy had been a real challenger to the rise of Xi through the Communist Party. And the belief is that she is trying to tar this guy with an affair he was having with this, um, this Chinese tennis star, which I guess she has admitted to, um, prior can, to can the. Can you say Xi instead of she since we're talking about a female tennis star? I'm getting confused. And uh, by the way, that. former chairman who's on first. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so it's a political thing. There, she is trying, she is trying to, uh, tar this rival with the whole tennis player sexual indiscretion thing. Wow. And that's what's going on. Wow. Crazy. Because when she originally made her claims, they were online for a full 30 minutes, which does not happen in China. You do not come out with something bad-mouthing an official that stays online for 30 minutes without approval of, right. of the Communist Chinese Party. I think in the Western world, most of us, and I include myself, thought, wow, they took it down in 30 minutes. That was a, a super yeah, controversial. Yeah, that, I thought that, too. No, the fact that it was up for 30 minutes is notable. Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. Oh, yeah, China. That's what a blood you... sport, too. People disappear your, oh, yeah. when your rivals just go away. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Xi Jinping went as subtle as that. As opposed to just having the guy thrown in a gulag and get disemboweled. Armstrong and Getty. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. This segment... We're looking forward to chatting with Jeffrey Fowler, technology columnist from the Washington Post. Jeff does a terrific job of helping us navigate the confusing, occasionally scary, and deeply personal world of tech. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Hello. How may I frighten you guys this morning? <laughs> well, are you well, va- are you vaccinated or are you breathing the COVID on me? I don't want people <laughs> I, I, I'm vaccinated, but it does not transmit digitally. But other things do transmit digitally, sadly. See, already informative, Jeff Fowler. Hey, Jeff, before before we get into the gist of the conversation, I was just thinking about this today. There are, I'm, and I'm pretty good at computers. I mean, not great, but for a consumer dope, I'm pretty good. If the printer isn't talking to the computer, I can usually I get it I smashed them with a hammer. Well, I was just going to say, but there are a couple, I've got like things that pop up on my screen, whether it's from Norton Antivirus trying to give me some new service or Microsoft or, or this uh, Photoshop-y thing I bought. And, and they freeze my computer for, you know, a, a minute, two minutes, three minutes. And I just, I can't get them off. I can't deal with them. And I'm a peaceful man. I'm a calm man. But I want to go to Microsoft and burn their headquarters to the ground. <laughs> I mean, I would never hurt a human being. But I would like to go in there with a flamethrower and do some damage. Are are there any great utilities or anything? That are, how do you deal with that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, one thing that I would recommend everybody do, um, regardless of whether you have a Mac or a PC, is to run some um, software on your computer that checks for malware. There's a free version of it. The one I use is called Malwarebytes, um, because oftentimes these sort of slow down, tap in, 
because you have inadvertently at some point in your history of using that computer clicked on something that installed something that is uh, being naughty in the background. So that'll just, you know, check, do a, do a scan, make sure that that's out of the way as a problem. So that's a, that's a decent place to, to start. Other than that, restart the darn thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. It's, amazing how often, it's amazing how often that helps. Yeah, I wish I had a restart. Anyway, so uh, Jeff's column, his most recent column uh, at the Washington Post, and we have it linked at armstrongandgetty.com, is about how Facebook knows practically everything about you and whether there's anything you can do about it. How much do they know, and how do they know it? Um, They know an incredible amount. And what I did for this column is I did an experiment. I said, okay, I'm going to stop using Facebook and Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram, even though everybody forgets that. Um, I'm going to stop using it for two weeks and then see what does Facebook learn about me while I'm gone. So that meant that I, you know, didn't open the app. I didn't go to the website. People sent me Facebook Messenger things and I ignored them and they got angry at me, but that's okay. I was doing an experiment for science. And (laughs) after two weeks of not touching Facebook, I found out that Facebook learned basically everything that I did in my life. They learned when I went shopping for a walking chair. They learned that I was looking at websites uh, about babies because I have a baby on the way. So they figured out that I have a baby. Congratulations. They are, thank you. They learned over 95 different websites, apps. Every time I started watching a show on Hulu, um, all this stuff Facebook sucked in because, and here's the crux of it, it's not just the Facebook app that is spying on us. The problem is they've gotten millions of other businesses, apps, websites, uh, just even physical stores to spy on us on, on their behalf. So all those apps and websites are sending data all the time about you to Facebook, even if you're not using Facebook. Including physical stores. Yeah. You ever go into the store and they ask you for your email address? Yeah, and I always say no. They're, they're, right. Well, good. Well, the reason why they're asking you for their email address is Supposedly, they're like, oh, we'll email you a receipt. Yeah, whatever. And actually, what they're doing is they're sending a record of your purchase to Facebook, which matches it up based on your email address. I actually said to a guy at a store the other day, if you ask me for any more information, I'm going to go somewhere else and buy it there. Please That's stop good. asking me. Like God, they're so pers- yeah. they must. I wonder if some of them get um, uh, a bonus on how many people they get signed up for the email or whatever, because they're so persistent. Like, dude, we're spanked you for failing to get it. You don't need my phone number and email. Here, uh, here's twenty bucks. Give me the product. Let me get the hell out of here. Oh, that pisses me off. Anyway, back to Jeff Fowler. <laughs> so the problem is that Facebook has become so big, so dominant on the internet. It's used by 69% of Americans, at least those are the ones that admit to it. Probably more actually use it. Um, it Facebook Incorporated owns the, not only the largest uh, social network in the world, but also the second largest social network in the world called Instagram. And then also uh, the largest messaging services, uh, WhatsApp and Messenger. So any business in the world that really needs to do digital marketing, which is pretty much most businesses these days, have little choice but to play Facebook's game and send them our data. And that's kind of the core of this big discussion that's been going on in Washington about whether Facebook is just too big and the regulators and the government need to break it up. Jeff Fowler writes about tech for the Washington Post. He's on the line. Is there anything we can do about it to make Facebook less intrusive? So this is the problem with monopolies, right? It used to be when we talked about monopolies, it was like, oh, they keep raising the prices. We 
You know, we, we gas gets more and more expensive or electricity would get more and more expensive and then the government steps in. The problem with Facebook is that the price we're paying for it is our data, right? It's our privacy. And yet, because it has a monopoly, unless the government does something about it, they can keep raising the price with little that we can do. So, yes, there are some technical things you could do, like, you know, twiddling some switches and installing some software on your computer or your phone to try to slow some of what Facebook can learn about you. But um, honestly, it won't stop all of it. But you can at least try a little bit if you're really committed. I mean, starting with, you could quit Facebook. And that's something that most Americans don't want to do. Um, but if you did, at least Facebook would stop taking that data that they're getting from all those businesses and putting it into a profile and using that to kind of shape your experience of the Internet. Facebook would still be getting lots of data about you, but at least they wouldn't be using it anymore. So that's a step forward. So I'm not um, I'm not on Facebook, but you're saying they get lots of data from these other these other ways, but can't use it. Correct. So one of the most shocking things I learned in this sort of experiment is we use. So California has a new data privacy law called the CCPA. You may have seen it on websites. It's the reason they're giving you even more pop-ups than ever, asking you for your permission to do things. Mm. Um, we we use this law to try to ask Facebook to show us the data it had about a 12-year-old boy who had never um, had a Facebook account, Good one. never had an Instagram account. And Facebook responded by saying, go stuff yourselves. We don't have to do that. But also admitted, yeah, they have some data that they've collected on the boy, even though he never had an account. Wow, a 12-year-old boy that's never been on Facebook, they've got a profile on already. That's amazing. Wow. They said they have data about him, but they hadn't put it into a profile in their terms. So these are all kind of semantic games they're playing. Yeah, and I wouldn't believe a word that comes. Did Mark Zuckerberg go to the crossroads and sell his soul to the devil, devil like Robert Johnson? Do you think he did? Um, uh, I think I it's think pretty clear. He, he did. Uh, <laughs> I think. Look, I think these folks have have sort of like followed themselves down a path of thinking that they that our data is not ours; that it's theirs. Yeah, and they yeah. can do what they want to with it. And you know, we're now kind of starting to reach the logical conclusion of that, which is people can't hide. You know, one of the largest corporations in the world gets to know tremendous amounts of information about all of us. Now, I know in your article you also suggest that if you can't get off Facebook or don't want to, you can go into the settings and and uh, do something called off Facebook activity. Yeah, let's talk about that make one. Them stop? So this is yeah, this is one of the the, the 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 switches you can twiddle. Again, not a perfect solution, but it will help some. So last year, um, right before COVID hit, Facebook introduced. A, a new setting that's called the off Facebook activity setting. And if you go and you dig into your settings and you find this thing, and I've got links to it in my, my column and a little GIF I made to show you how to get there. Um, if you go in there, you can, first of all, a see all of the stuff that Facebook is being sent to you by other companies. So that's a pretty horrifying uh, thing to look at. You might, you might either enjoy or be terrified by looking at that. And then B, you can go in there and you can, toggle a setting which says, hey, Facebook, stop using this data to um, show me ads and to tailor my experience of Facebook and the Internet in general. Now, again, that won't stop Facebook from collecting the information. They won't delete it, but they'll stop using it, they claim, to sort of shape your experience of the Internet. So that's better than none. Jeff Fowler of the Washington Post. Uh, Jeff, we appreciate the time. We have your article linked at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links so people can find it easily. Congratulations Always great to talk to you. on your new baby. Indeed. Good Thank luck. You. Best wishes. Thanks.
Yeah, you got it. So uh, this is the thing that's bothered me about Facebook and Google for a long time. And I know the libertarian argument, and I get it, of uh, why we don't want the government regulating any of these sorts of things and what's really a monopoly and not a monopoly and competition, blah, 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 blah. Or you can choose not to be uh, part of these things. You Explain to me how you live your life without being uh, a Google person, for instance. If you've got kids in school, I I tried as hard as I could to not be to not have a Gmail address at all, and I accomplished up until like two years ago. I was never never had a Gmail account, never had any Google anything, but it's, it was impossible. There's no way I could have my kids in school and be involved in in the sports and all the different things that you need to do to be in life without being part of the Google world. And then once I am, once I started down that road, it's just amazing how many different uh, tentacles there are to that. And same with Facebook. Well, right, and if your boss comes to you and says, hey, we're going to use Google Meets yeah, during the right. pandemic, Google exactly. Docs, the rest of it, what are you going to tell them? No. Just mail, s- mail me my stuff. I'll or, read it. or the school says we're using Google Classroom. No, we're not going right. to do that. Okay, how are you going to function? You aren't. Um, and, and Facebook's kind of similar. You don't need it in the same way you need Google, but the way it's reaching out to you um, through all these different apps, even if you're not on Facebook, as he just explained, and as we all learned a couple of years ago, um, even if you don't get involved in different stuff, Facebook, people that are on Facebook contacting you through email and everything like that, Facebook reaches into your world that way. I don't, I don't see how you can get away from this stuff unless you just didn't, unless you're just an offline person. I don't see how you could stay out of their orbit. Well, I, you know, I, I have a slightly Vince-like attitude, our old producer Vince, who used to say, look, they got all your data, just deal with it. Yeah, Don't well, that's, that's where I ended up, but it's troubling. It's troubling yes, it that is. I ended up with, okay, I give Google, you got it, you know, you know, cause I knew as soon as I signed up to Google Classroom and had to have a Google address, you're now in my phone, you're in my computer, you're in all of my emails, my accounts, my everything. I knew that as, but, but I just reached the point of there's no getting around it. It would be easier to take if these tech companies weren't obviously, clearly vindictive, nasty, politically biased, the rest of it, as we've seen from the various bannings of social uh, platforms. And you know, if Mark Zuckerberg needs to take you out at your knees, he has plenty of access to plenty of information, incriminating, embarrassing, whatever. Um, all these people. And when I was at the store the other day and the person was asking me for, uh, we'll, we'll need your email address to check out. I said, no, you don't need my email address. Well, we need that to, uh, to, no, you don't. Can we get your phone number? No, no. And I, and, you know, I don't want to get into the conversation with the 22 year old. I just want to pay for my stuff and get out, but you don't need that stuff. And by the way, who doesn't have my email and phone number at this point? <laughs> so many people have it. I just, I can't imagine how it's still worth anything. Right. The, the millions of people, including the Chinese and Russians who have my email address and phone number, who could possibly profit off of it at this point? If you need my number, pay the Russian mob a tenth of a cent for it. All right? I'm leaving. (laughs) Exactly. Goodbye. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, the CDC is back at it, so they, uh, they determine whether or not your, uh, your tenant has to pay rent or not. They also determine what language we're supposed to use now. They've got new suggestions for language that they're sending out, to uh, all healthcare, everything. 
Lots of words like equity, inclusive, intersectional, diversity, that sort of stuff. Oh, boy, the critical theorists are, are on the march. Many of the suggestions from the CDC, which is supposed to deal with diseases. but They recommend switching from calling someone uh, a prisoner or a crim- criminal or an inmate to using softer descriptive words, such as people who are incarcerated or detained. The um, CDC? This is from the CDC. The CDC says anyone who is disabled should be referred to as people with disabilities. How do you think you've moved the oh ball down the field toward good by making those kinds of changes? Um, but this, this, I, some of this stuff I actually, this, th- that I think does nothing. Some of this stuff I think does harm. Drug addicts should now be referred to as persons with substance use disorder. Uninsured people should be referred to as people who are medically underserved. Why? Oh, for I'm un- I'm uninsured sakes. or I'm insured. If you call me uninsured, it doesn't do me any damage. It's amazing how consistently this stuff moves from clarity to obfuscation, to fuzziness. And from, like, active words, everybody understands, to long, jargony phrases in the passive voice, if you're into the, I don't the language. I don't understand why the CDC feels they need to get into this at all, but... Uh, other suggested changes include avoiding referring to people as their race or ethnicity, such as blacks, Hispanics, and whites, instead of using racial, instead start using racial groups such as black persons, Hispanic persons, and white persons. Okay. Latinx has been proposed, even though, as Joe brought us last week, Hispanic people either have not heard of it or don't like it. But white, it's a tiny, tiny percentage of Hispanic people who have any interest in the term. But white grad school kids are going to tell Hispanic people what they should be called, whether they like it or not. Which And how stupid their language is. Silly, silly brown people. We'll educate you. On the political side, the CDC instructs healthcare workers to avoid using illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, foreigners, or any term that alludes to the criminality of illegally crossing the border, even though it is a crime to cross the border. I threw that in. Suggested instead are terms like people with undocumented status or non-U.S. citizens. People with undocumented status. There's also a strong emphasis from the CDC on um, biological sex terms. So they're telling doctors and nurses, for instance, if you were going to refer to my son, you wouldn't say, how's he doing? You'd say, how are they doing? You don't want to assign a gender to someone with a he or a she. Please do not not. use gendered language to to address everyone. That's what the CDC is telling doctors. Now, not how to treat a disease right here, but to not refer to him or her. The Centers for Thought Control. How's your mom doing? She doing okay? Last time I saw her, no, 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 no. How dare you? you. How dare you? How dare you? She's a birthing person who chest fed me, and (laughs) she's a they. Oh, these people are so clownish, <laughs> and yet, yet their their doctrines are being spread through the schools. Wow. Consider using terms that are inclusive of all gender identities for parents to be an expected parents. Wow. So the whole going in to find out the gender of your baby, which was its own kind of controversial thing when the science got to where it could do that, now it's going back the other direction where they don't worry, they're not going to, they can't look at, I had never even thought about this, but clearly this needs to go away, and the CDC's jumping into it. You can't have doctors or nurses doing that little thing where they put it on the belly and say, Wait a minute, I'm I'm getting a really good image, I'm getting a good image. Oh, is it a boy or a girl? Oh, they am a baby. 
But is it a boy baby or baby? It am them are babyhood embodied. I guess you'd it's, say it's a it, got a penis or what? I guess you'd say they have a penis. You wouldn't want to say he has a penis. It's a hum. It's a penised human. A boy. No, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm turning off the machine. Click. Wow, I hadn't even thought about that, but clearly that's the next step. And the CDC, the freaking CDC, this is the federal government recommending this. And then finally on their website, it now says, to build a healthier America for all, we must confront the systems and policies that have resulted in the generational injustice that has given rise to health inequities. Of calling a boy a boy. You people have lost your freaking minds. You're crazy. You people are crazy. But you seem kind of like you might be winning the day. I hope not. I mean, they're they're the ones in charge of the CDC right now. They're the ones in charge of the schools where our little children are getting indoctrinated every single day. And, and moms and dads, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, birthing people and sperm donors. You need to be asking them that are childs. People who identify as childs, what are they teaching you at school these days about white people and black people? What are they teaching you? Do, they, do you ever hear the word equity? Ask your kids these things, because I guarantee you, if they are in public schools, there's a very good chance they're getting indoctrinated. 